Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to take your throne in our lives. God, you're the king. God, we want to we wanna know what's right, what's wrong from you, Lord. We don't want to be swayed by popular opinion or by, by what the world says is okay. God, we want you to take the throne in our lives, Lord God. We don't want money on the throne. We don't want lust on the throne. We don't want, uh, we don't want a drink on the throne, Lord God. We, we don't want addiction on the throne, Lord. God, we're asking you to take the throne in our lives, to take the throne in our family. And God, we're asking you tonight to use this moment to speak. God, I know that this word now is going to be challenging for some of us uh, in many ways, but, but God, I ask that you would use this moment to, to chip some, some things off our lives and to help us to better honor you with our lives and in our families, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may take your seats again, church. And uh, let's see how I go tonight. My voice hasn't broke yet, so that's good. I'm still a man. Come on, see there? <laughs> Someone slap him. All right. No. <coughs> that was good, though. <laughs> I got set up for that one. All right. We're in, a, if you're new, by the way, we're in a um, sermon series called Walking Through Genesis. Sorry, my, there it is. Um, and, um, and, and in that, what we're doing is uh, taking a chapter every week and just pulling the Word of God out of it every week. And that's it. Um, and obviously, there's a lot in every chapter, so we can't hit everything. But what we can do is start to help you see, or sorry, we can help you start to see a timeline of events in the Word of God. And so, so that's been really cool. And this week, we're actually up to Genesis chapter 9. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 18 to 29. So if you've got your Bibles, I read from the ESV. Uh, most weeks, sometimes I'll throw something else in, but most weeks, the ESV, that's the English Standards, uh, the English Standard Version. Uh, reading from Genesis chapter 9, verse 18 to 29. It says, Then the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark, legends, it doesn't say that, I just said that. Um, the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. Um, these, were, these three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and became drunk, and he lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Now, you may hear different interpretations here. Honestly, which interpretation here doesn't really matter. The nakedness of your father can often mean the nakedness of your mother. And so in Leviticus, we see it talking about the nakedness of your father being the nakedness of your mother. So in this case, it could be that he saw his father naked. It could be that he saw his mother naked. But seeing your mother naked was bringing shame upon the nakedness of your father. You understand here? Either way, um, either way, Ham saw <clears throat> the nakedness of either his mother or his father, and then he went outside and he told his two brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment and they laid it uh, on both of their shoulders and they walked backwards to cover the nakedness of their mother or their father, uh, and their faces were turned backwards and they did not see the 
grandfather's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. And after the flood, Noah lived 350 years, and all the days of Noah combined were 950 years, and then he died, because we're all, what did we say a few weeks back? We're all going to die, every one of us. And what we want to do in the gap between now and then is do everything that we can to honor God with our lives and live our lives His way, amen? Today, I want to talk to you about family. I love that we're walking through Genesis, and today we're up to chapter 9. There's a lot in it. Unfortunately, we can't always hit everything. I skipped over a lot in Genesis chapter 9 just then. Some of it's controversial. At Eternity Church, we're not not, uh, scared to hit the controversial stuff. Uh, But in it, we see uh, God telling us how we can deal with those who would kill another person. There's an argument for the death penalty. Later on, there's arguments against it, but, um, but there is an argument for the death penalty In Genesis chapter 9, we also see a rainbow placed in the sky and God explaining what that means and what that's all about. Uh, Pro tip, um, the rainbow is not about homosexuality or any other earthly agenda. It's all about God's commitment and God's promise to pursue grace, even though the inclination of the human heart is, as God said in that verse, uh, evil from the days of our youth. And I actually preached a whole sermon on uh, God's design and plan for marriage a couple of years ago and a sermon on uh, what the rainbow really means in June of this year. Um, You can go and get that, but I can affirm For those of you who wonder, our church holds a biblical worldview and we view marriage as God intended for a man and a woman uh, and that he will never bless any other romantic union outside of that. And so we want to encourage people that no matter what the desires of their heart might be, that God's plans for your life are better. Can I get an amen? That in the beginning when God created the heavens and God thought of you, um, he didn't make a mistake, he didn't mess up. You are loved, you are dearly loved, uh, but any mistake that you may have made in your life. Praise God that His grace and healing power can help you live a better life moving forward. Amen? As well as God's instructions regarding the death penalty and the rainbow, He also recommits God's gift to us, right? That He gave us the earth and everything on it for fun, for joy, and for food. He, he literally says, I give you everything. Uh, He said that in Genesis chapter 1 as well. He says it again here. He also uh, echoes the first command that God ever made mankind. In in Genesis chapter 1, we see God give mankind uh, our first command. He says, be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly upon the earth and multiply in it. See, here's the thing. God has always been pro-family. God has always been pro-family. God has always been pro-having kids. Amen. God is all about it. You should have kids. If you, if, you know, like if you got married at 50 and you're like, no, thanks, that's okay. But listen, but, but when you're a young person and you plan to get married, should that happen in your life? God is absolutely pro you having kids. You do not need to think, well, the earth has enough kids. Well, global warming. Well, what if overpopulation? Shut up. Increase greatly upon the earth. Not you shut up. The world shut up. God is pro kids. He said increase 
greatly upon the earth. Be fruitful and multiply in it. Amen. So I want to tell all of the young people in the room who are married, have a bunch of kids. Come on now. That's good advice, right? Some people aren't as convinced. Come on now. I know for sure the Petersons agree. And so, and the Newmans. And so, they had a bunch of kids, didn't they? So, um, hey, look, it's all right if you're like, I only want to have two kids, that's fine. But I am telling you that it is God's plan and God loves it when we have kids, all right? There are not too many kids on the earth and a couple more kids raised in the house of God, in the ways of God by you would be a great thing for this ungodly place that we live, amen? God is pro-family, God is pro-having kids, and He's always used family as a vehicle with which He remembers His promises and pours out His favor. God has always used family as a vehicle with which He accomplishes His plans on the earth, even through this, even the Savior coming through a specific lineage that identified certain traits and meant certain things, and with different people in his in his heritage, you know, um, God has been very intentional in the way that He uses family to accomplish His plans on earth. Um, even the church is family. Even the church is the bride of Christ, right? And so in Genesis chapter nine, when we see the first uh, post-flood family begin to honor the call of God on their lives and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, uh, uh, we, we get some really great examples of some things we should do and we get some great examples of some things we should not do. And, uh, and it looks like everything's going well. They're, they're, they're honoring the call of God to be fruitful. They're honoring the call of God to subdue the earth. Uh, Noah is, uh, Noah is uh, working the soil. He's subduing the earth. He's bending it to his will. And uh, everything's going really, really well. They are the survivors of the world's biggest catastrophe. They survived because their father was a man of God, a man who still loved the Lord, though the earth was corrupt and evil. There was a man who sought God, who lived in obedience to God and his word. They're enjoying that multiplication that God spoke of. They're playing some really fun games and they're winning some really great prizes. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, they're having kids. And they're having a good time doing it. And they plant a vineyard and they start tending the land and, and, and they're starting to see that for those who love the Lord, whatever they do will prosper. <clears throat> the land is producing fruit. They're able to eat it. They're able to make drinks out of it. All sorts of things. The people are multiplying. Noah has a farm. Noah has a vineyard. Noah's got grandkids. It feels like everything's going really well. And before we even get to the end of the chapter, things take a turn for the worse. Things go bad, quick, smart, in a hurry. It doesn't take us long, does it, to mess things up? Right? Like, I don't mean to pick on y'all, but I'm not saying you so much as me and all of us. Like, it's amazing how some great, wonderful thing can land in our lives, and three weeks later, we're like, oh, good grief, what did I do? Right? Like, great things happen in our lives, and we get set free from this, and we're like, well, I got set free from that addiction. How about I jump into this one instead? You know, like, we can so often just mess things up so fast. And this family was looking good, but then a series of unfortunate events leads to a permanent schism in the family, a separation, a, a fracture that breaks this family for generations. And one line of the family is blessed, and one line of the family, sorry, two lines of the family are blessed. One line is not blessed, 
Uh, in fact, one line is lowered to servitude while the others are elevated to the ones who are served. And, 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 and so some, it's amazing how quickly things can go bad, <clears throat> isn't it? Right? We're sitting here and we're like, God just flooded the earth because everybody was terrible and evil. And then like, we don't even get to the end of the chapter that talks about after the flood and they've already done it again. <laughs> that's nuts, isn't it, right? Come on, hands up if you feel like that's you sometimes. You can be honest, right? Hey, I thank God that we live after the cross and that God's grace is sufficient for me and that I can be redeemed and restored. Um, but do you know what starts the rift? That's not, do you know what starts that rift? It wasn't, a, it was a crazy rift. It was a crazy moment. What fractured this family? Now, Noah, what people notice first usually is what the son did, right? And they talk about that a lot. The son went in and he saw his mother or his father uh, naked and, um, and, and then behaved in a shameful way. Um, and there are a lot of theological questions that come into play with this. Uh, and, then, and then also we wonder like, man, so Canaan was cursed, Ham did it, what's going on here? Uh, why was he cursed? Why was this so bad? Um, but you also need to know that the curse of Noah here does not dictate how God's people are supposed to treat individual Canaanites, just FYI. Um, so because Noah said cursed is Canaan, that does not mean that then the descendants of, 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 um, of Shem and Japheth get to treat the descendants of Canaan um, with, uh, with attitude uh, or, or be rude or nasty to them. Uh, we know this because a few chapters later in Genesis 14, Abraham, uh, the descendant of Seth, meets a native Canaanite named Melchizedek, who was a righteous man, a priest of God the Most High, and this Canaanite man blessed Abraham, right? And um, so we know that, that we should never treat people based on some idea that their lineage or their family or their race has anything to do with their character. Can I get an amen? And so that's something important for many of us that come from some pretty broken, crazy families need to realize that, um, that we're not supposed to be treated as according to how our families behaved in the past. And we should not treat people uh, in accordance with how their families behaved before them. If that was the case, then, 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 then every generation of my family would have been uh, put in jail and locked up for all of eternity because every single generation, we seem to find a way to mess it up. Every single one of us, Right? But people tend to look at what happened there with Cain, uh, sorry, with Ham first. Um, but what I want to look at first is what paved the way for the destruction of this family. Was it lust? Was it shame? Was it lies? Was it sickness? What happened that opened the door for the shameful things that followed? What was it that opened the door to fracture the very first family we see after the flood, after God has so-called, uh, quote-unquote, baptized the world and killed the sin? What, what, what was it that paved the way for these shameful things that happened? Do you know what it was? It was drunkenness. It was drunkenness. Drunkenness paved the way. One night of drunkenness paved the way that fractured this family forever. I think it's awesome that today on the weekend that we set aside to do child dedications, that we happen to land in Genesis chapter 9, and we get to take a look at some of the lessons from Noah's life and Noah's family. We get to learn a few things from Noah. And, um, and one of the lessons that we learn is that a single moment of drunkenness can tear your family apart forever. This is a bit heavy. One little moment. Well, I don't do it often. Well, that one moment you do can tear your family apart forever. 
This is the first time we see drunkenness mentioned in Scripture. And it tore a family apart. It fractured a family. <coughs> it fractured the very first family. This is the first time we see it, and we see a family torn apart. I want to encourage you all tonight that if we want to see our families prosper, if we want to see our children blessed, if we want to see our kids' kids blessed for generations to come, we need to banish drunkenness from our families. We need to get it out of our lives. We need to get it out of our families. No one can come to our house drunk. There were different family members in my life that used to drink. They were never allowed to, to get drunk at my house. That was never allowed to happen. Family members, sorry, that were, that, that were frequently drunk. They were never allowed to do that at my house. My kids were never allowed to see that because we've banished drunkenness from our families. When I grew up, I got to see a lot of drunkenness. I've seen the effects of too much grog on a family. And I don't know a single person that got drunk and then the next day was like, I made some great decisions. <laughs> In fact, let me show you the video of me dancing on a pole or rubbing up against someone that's not my wife. No, 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 no nobody gets smashed and the next day they're like, that was the best night of my life. I made great decisions. It doesn't happen. Maybe they might be like, it was great not feeling the weight and the stress and the pressure of my life, but they don't think they made great decisions. Now, now someone here, you might be like, well, if I search my brain really, really hard, I might be able to find one person who made a good decision when they were drunk. They usually don't gamble, but then they got smashed, and then they bought a Tats Lotto ticket. Tats Lotto? Lottery ticket. And uh, I'm, I've been sick, my mind doesn't work properly. Um, and they bought a lottery ticket and then they won a million dollars and they're like, that was great, I made a great decision last night. When I, but for every one of those that you could come up with, I'll give you 100,000 who made terrible decisions and regret it. For every one of them, I will give you 100,000 people that made terrible decisions and regret it. I'm not here to argue about whether or not Christians can drink or not. Personally, look, uh, like, I, 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 I don't care, honestly. Uh, biblically, uh, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, right? It says, do not get drunk, and then later on, Paul says to Timothy, have a little bit of wine uh, for your stomach nerves or whatever's going on in, in butterflies, whatever's going on in your life. So, look, I, so I, I'm not here to tell you that having a drink is sin, but I'm here to tell you that if you can't have a drink and not get drunk, you're in sin. You need to quit it. You need to put a hedge up around your life. We preached a sermon a few, a few months back about hedge law. Hedge law is bad, but hedges are good. Hedge law is when you discover that, 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 that the scriptures show us that this yellow dot here is sin, and you don't want to accidentally step on that, so you put a little guard up around the hedge. That's wise. That little dot for you might, might be drunkenness, that you've discovered drunkenness is sin, and you've discovered also that every time you have a drink, you get drunk, so what you're going to do is you're going to put a hedge up around that. You're going to put a fence up around that little yellow dot so that you don't walk into that, and that hedge for you might be, I'm not going to drink ever again, because I know that I can't control myself, and I'm going to get drunk, and bad things happen when a dad gets drunk, so I'm putting a hedge up. What's, now, what's hedge law, and what's a religious spirit, is now when you take that hedge, and you turn to somebody else, and you'll be like, if you don't have that fence up, you're in sin. No, we're going to keep it at the word, and the word says that that little dot is sin, all right? 
And some of you, if that little dot is causing you to sin, cut it out of your life. Build a hedge in your life. When Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, what's he saying? He's saying, build a hedge in your life. He's saying, put something up around that. So that now, now, and I'm telling you, if, if, if you can't not get drunk, you can't drink. Come on now. And then if that's ever been a problem in your life, you can't ever drink again. Don't do that to your family. Don't say, well, it's been 20 years since I got drunk. Maybe I can take this fence down right now. Well, your carnal mind is just going to jump right in and bad things happen when you remove hedges that God told you to put in your life. Don't take the fence down. It just takes one moment of drunkenness to ruin your family. Well, I've been drinking. I've been getting drunk. Well, number one, that's sin, so don't boast about it. All right. Now, now some of y'all are like, man, I like it when he preaches the truth about that other stuff. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, well, I know the Bible says don't, 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 don't have gay sex, but, 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 but it's fine for me. You'd be like, hey, come on now. Let's honor the word of God. Let's not boast it. Come on now, right? You know, so, 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 let's, so let's do the same with every area of our lives, all right? If we know that, that drunkenness is sin, let's get it out of our lives. And, and you know what? I pray that if it's been in your life, I hope and I really hope that it hasn't done damage already. But don't assume because it hasn't that it won't. It took one moment in Noah's life. Just one night of drunkenness and everything was broken in their families. It's a good word. Not what you thought was coming, child dedication weekend. Don't blame me, blame where it all landed in Genesis, all right? Genesis chapter nine. And so, see, we're trying to build a foundation for our kids that blesses them more than we could have ever imagined. We're trying to help them live in more favor, more freedom, more victory than those who went before us did. And I'm not trying to judge you if drunkenness has been part of your life. I mean that. I'm not here to judge you. I don't want you to have shame for that. I'm not here to judge you for what you did yesterday. But I do believe that the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit could help tomorrow be better. And I know that drunkenness is not part of the better life that God has for you. If you've already made some rough or family-breaking mistakes when you've been drunk, I'm not judging you either. If you've already done things and you're like, man, I have fractured my family. Can't imagine the pain of that. I know people who have been through that pain. But I can't imagine it personally, and I pray to God that it never happens in my life. But, but I'm not here to judge you, but I do want you to experience the healing power of my God in your life. I couldn't judge you. Even Noah got drunk. He's the one God picked for the continuation of the human race. You know? <laughs> like, that's pretty ironic, isn't it? That, 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 that he's the one God picked. God's like, all right. That guy's the best of God. <laughs> and boom, gets drunk first, straight out the gate, and paves the way for shame and nakedness and fractions in his family. So I'm not here to judge you. Now I'm pretty confident the next day Noah's like, I'm getting that out of my life. Come on now, right? I'm not going to do that again. And then if he found every time he took a glass that it kept leading to that, I bet you at some point he's like, man, I'm going to get the whole glass out of my life. I'm going to build a 
hedge up around my life, amen? And I want to tell you, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I just got to tell you, there are some people here right now and you're thinking in your heart, you know, because you've been struggling with drunkenness and, you know, maybe it's just once a week or maybe you're like, it's just once every three months. Awesome. Well, I only cheat on my wife once every three months, God. Is that cool? Am I honoring your word enough? Come on, let's not make excuses for the struggles and the sins in our lives now, right? Like, we wouldn't do that with any other sin. We wouldn't be like, it's fine if it's just once every three months. <laughs> Would we do that? No, we wouldn't, right? We'd say, all right, God, help me live a life that better honors you. Now, some of you, if you're offended by this message, I believe the Holy Spirit is telling you to quit drinking altogether. If this message offends you, there's a problem, and let me take the offense further. Stop drinking. I'll tell you this because I love your family, and I love you. And one night of drunkenness can ruin it all. If you've been able to control yourself and live a good life and it's just been a drink here or there, God bless you. But we want to get this out. I believe that some people are going to get free today. I believe some people are going to get free tonight. I'm believing that. I think we can pray for some people tonight. Can I ask women here to do me a favor? Don't nudge your husband when prayer time comes tonight. You're not the Holy Spirit. Is, can, is it all right? Can I, can I tell you that? Ladies, you're not the Holy Spirit. All right? So don't be like, he's talking to you. Come on, I told you last night. I told you not to do that. All right, stop it. Get up there and get... Pr you're not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, ladies, feel free to open the conversation this week, but don't ruin this moment. Let God speak, Okay? Men, your wife might have some really wise things to say, like, hey, did you listen to the sermon? That's okay. But right now, in this moment, we're going to let the Holy Spirit move, okay? Because men don't get set free because wives tell them to. They get set free because the Holy Spirit moved in their lives and they made a choice to line their lives up with the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I believe we're going to have some freedom tonight. You know what? I'm just going to... I don't even know if I want to keep going. I'm not going to keep going with the other points. We're going to leave it at this. I think God wants to break something off some people's lives. Could I have the band come back up? And I'm not trying to, you know, like make an excuse so I can get home early and have a sleep because I feel tired. <laughs> Though all of that is true. <laughs> I'd love to go to sleep. But I just, I, I've been praying and I felt in my heart that I got to preach these messages this weekend because God wants to do something. And I don't know if he wants to do the same things tomorrow. Maybe I'll get to the other points, which are, by the way, we need to banish gossip and shame from our families. Just FYI. That, that, that's what that is there. So, you know, don't gossip about your dad or your mom. It won't go well for you. Honor your mother or father that it may go well with you all the days of your life, kids. You notice your parents in sin don't go telling everybody, all right? It's not going to go well. Boom. Yes, Cadence. That's a word for you. And, um, and so, <laughs> honor. Amen. But what I believe God wants to do right now is to set some people free from drunkenness. Matt, is it all right if I get you to come up here and pray for people tonight? Thanks. And, um, and a couple of others. Um, hands up in this room if you used to be a drunk, if alcohol used to be a problem in your life. And God set you free. Give me a wave. I want every one of you to come down the front right now. Come down the front. 
Those who have been set free, come down the front. Thank you, Jesus. Some have them pray for you. Okay. Oh, I don't know if one, three, seven. I don't know if there's seven out there or if there's a hundred out there or if there's two. All right. Just pick whoever you think's best looking to pray for you. All right. So. <laughs> we're going to banish pride from our families. And we're <laughs> so, someone just said get back into word pastor that was awesome um, now just let me set this up for you for a moment which I guess is why I had another point to start with don't gossip don't shame people and it's the same in the church in this family we don't see someone's nakedness and go tell everybody we don't pretend it's a prayer. I'm, I'm telling you so you can, John, I'm telling you so you can pray. Matt, I know your story and, and, and Steve, Steve's going through. I'm telling you so you can pray. No, you're a gossip. Come on now. We don't gossip. We don't shame people. What did God do when his son and daughter felt ashamed in the garden? What did he do? He covered them. Anyone here want to be like Christ? then we cover them. We, we, when, when people do something wrong or make a mistake, we don't uncover that which God covers. We're not going to fight against God's work by uncovering shame. We're going to cover it. We'll even get in the way. When we hear someone gossiping about one of our brothers, we'll be like, how about you sit down and shut up? Oh, he said, shut up. Stop gossiping. Right? We don't do that. The family provides a space for truth and freedom in Jesus' name. Could everyone else stand up for me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit has a plan tonight. Now, if everybody could close their eyes right now. Everyone close their eyes and lower your hands just for a second. If God's speaking to you tonight that you need to banish. I was going to say any addiction because it makes me feel better when someone's hands go up, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with what God's doing here. If you're in the room and God's speaking to you and you need to banish drunkenness from your life, just right now lift up your hand. Show me who you are. Just lift up your hand. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to wait for you. No one's looking around at this moment. Just lift up your hand. Uh, could you put them down again? I'm going to ask you to all put them up high at the same time. God's speaking to you, saying you need to banish drunkenness or, or alcohol specifically out of your life. Maybe for you it has become a problem or you sense it is something and you're like God's speaking right now saying you need to put a hedge up in your life. If that's you, no one's looking around. Just listen, on the count of three, lift up your hand. One, two, three. Receive your freedom today. Praise God. One, two, three. You receive your freedom today. Four, receive your freedom today. Anybody else? Praise God. Hallelujah. Put your hands down. 
Okay, we're going to do something that should not be so scary because this is the family. And we're going to keep it in the family. And we're not going to tell anybody. But honestly, for me personally, even if everyone was going to tell everybody, I'd be okay with getting freedom at that cost anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> like imagine like someone talking about you as the reason you don't get freedom. Come on, come get your freedom. Amen. So what I want you to do, I saw four hands, three hands, actually, and then an, an amazing little kid making a declaration over his life, and I believe, in, I believe that that'll be real in his life. It'll never be a problem in the name of Jesus. But for those three adults that lifted up their hands, and anyone else who didn't, but your heart right now is going, that's the Holy Spirit. Don't fight it. I want you to come down the front and take your freedom. Take a step of faith right now. Come down the front and take your freedom. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come down the front and take your freedom to the people that lifted up their hands. Praise God. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. Come on down. Anybody else? We got men and women down the front to pray for men or women in the crowd. Come on down the front. Anyone else? Come on down. We're believing for freedom. Hallelujah. 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 Now, there was somewhere, someone else. I don't remember where they were standing, so I can't even stare at you and give you the eye because I don't remember who you were or where you are. But come down the front and get your freedom. What we're going to do in a moment is start praying, okay? Can I get a couple of people together for these guys and just come lay hands on them together? Come on over. And we're just believing. These, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's no mistake that you're here for this word. Your life changes tonight. And we're here to help you. We're here to support you. We're going to stand by you. We're not going to abandon you. No matter what. You, if if, if in, in two days you're like, and then got smashed, and now you're in jail, we'll visit you. We'll still be your friend on Facebook. <clears throat> We're not going to pretend we don't know you. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. God has paid the price for your sin. You don't need to be ashamed. But now we're here to take freedom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you reach out your hands as we pray? And then after I'm done, these guys are going to keep praying for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that there is power in your name. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. Power, wonder-working power. Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would break these addictions and these struggles off our friends' lives, off our brothers' lives, off our sisters' lives in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you both to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Your Father loves you. Come on, lift up your hands. Just, yeah, you guys here. Just lift up your hands like this. It's surrender to God. You're just saying, God, I surrender. Lord God, I thank you for their hearts, their humility, their tremendous humility, willing to walk down the front and to receive their freedom. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just pour out your power on them right now in the name of Jesus. Pour out your chain-breaking power, your wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. Lord God, give them wisdom. God, show them who to hang out with, who to cut out of their lives. Where not to visit anymore, where not to go anymore. God, speak to the Holy Spirit. We know that the bush is still burning, that you are still speaking. So we ask you to speak to them. 
about where they need to build fences and hedges in their lives to keep this stuff out of their lives because this is not going to ruin their families. I declare it in the name of Jesus. This has no more hold on their families, <coughs> on their children, or their children's children. We break it off their lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take your throne, Lord. Take your throne in their lives, Lord. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to MyEternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.